name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, one God, amen. Christ is risen, is risen indeed. The epistle today speaks of the work of the apostles um, in beginning to order the church. You see the problem of trying to take care of so many people that came to them. You can imagine on the first day of Pentecost, there were 3,000 new Christians. <clears throat> how to care for them. Many of them were poor and had great needs. So the apostles selected deacons um, by, the, uh, by the hand of God. And so they found the solution to this problem. Nicodemus also has a problem. He just wants to bury the Lord, but how is he going to do this? How is he going to bury Christ? For he knows that their, uh, the struggle to even get his body would be severe and very, very, very might even cost his life. But he pursued this, got the body of Christ and put it, uh, uh, put it with Joseph of Arimathea in a new tomb. So we see this, this work of the apostles of Nicodemus and Joseph of Arimathea. <clears throat> and then we come to the great murbears, the great courageous women of the church. Uh, they are Mary, the mother of God, uh, Mary Magdalene, Mary and Martha, the, the brother of Lazarus. You can imagine how devoted they were after their brother was raised from the dead, uh, devoted to Christ they were. And they would now do anything uh, to anoint the body, to give it proper burial. That was their goal. To, to have their Lord die was, uh, was an incredible tragedy. But more so, to not be giving him an honorable burial would be even greater. So their, their courage was to, to anoint the body. Uh, Salome, uh, Joanna, and Susanna, um, and Mary, the mother of uh, James, were the great myrrh-bearers the great courageous women who went to the tomb of Christ. <clears throat> and so we see this, this work uh, in the midst of great struggle and difficulty, how three people stepped up, or three categories of people stepped up, Joseph Arimathea Nicodemus, as well uh, the myrrh-bearing women in the middle of difficulty. <clears throat> So I'm going to take a couple rabbit trails right now, and uh, I pray I come back to a center point. <clears throat> My week was quite interesting. <clears throat> and it's about this idea of the struggle of life and kind of how to deal with it. <clears throat> and I came to a conclusion as, uh, as I went through the week. So here's the first uh, event. I get an email from Father Nicholas Nyman and Malvi, who were up in uh, beautiful uh, uh, Spokane, Washington now. And it's about an old man. It's an email about an old man who is blind, who's getting taken to a new place. And um, he's going to a new room. And he says, I love my room. 
And Mr. Jones says, you haven't seen it yet. He says, that doesn't have anything to do with it, he replied. Happiness is something you decide on ahead of time. Whether I like my room or not doesn't depend on how the furniture is arranged. It's how I arrange my mind. I already decided to love it. It's a decision I make every morning when I wake up. I have a choice. I can spend the day in bed recounting the difficulty I have with the parts of my body that no longer work, which I could do, and many of us that are getting older could do that same thing, or get out of bed and be thankful for the ones that do work. Each day is a gift. As long as my eyes are open, I'll focus on the new day and all the happy memories I've stored away just for this time in my life. Old age is like a bank account. You withdraw from what you put in. So my advice to you is to deposit lots of happiness in the bank account of memories. Thank you for your part in fulfilling my memory bank. I'm still depositing. Remember the five simple rules. This is the old man's rules of life. Free your heart from hatred. Free your mind from worries. Live simply. Give more. Expect less. There's another one there that says, give generously to the pastor's vacation fund. (laughs) But I left that one out. So that's the first thing that happened to me this week. Next, I get from a very dear pastor friend of mine, Len Sanugian. I get this email. Uh, It's about Holy Week uh, and Good Friday. Living through a horrible day, he says. How do you live through a horrible day? It's from a good friend of his, and he says that there are seven things that the Lord taught us in regard to how to live through difficult times, like the Myrrhbearers and the Apostles and Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus. He says, first, these are the words of the Lord and they're, they're to teach us how to live through difficult days. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. His comment is, forgive everyone who's trying to ruin your life. And you know, many people don't do that purposefully. It's not purposeful. But sometimes we just get toe-stepped on. He says, truly I say to you, today you will be with me in paradise. He says, help others who are experiencing similar struggles. Look around and help other people. Women, behold your son. Behold your mother. Take care of those near you. Take care of those that are near to you. Don't neglect them. My God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? This is very good. Aim hard questions at God, not at man. Don't ask why. Just pray. I thirst. Acknowledge your need for help. Acknowledge your need for help. Father, into your hands I commit my spirit. Know there's a purpose and an end to this present struggle. You're in a struggle right now, there's an end to it. There's an end to it. Be encouraged, there's an end. It is finished. The last that says, surrender our days to God and let go. Give things to the Lord. 
Don't hold on to things that are too heavy to bear. He says, I, I have come to bear your burdens. Come unto me, you are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. You come to God. So this is the second email I get. It's a pretty good, pretty good week so far. And then I'm writing a letter to, uh, <clears throat> to you, which you'll get hopefully soon, and to some other folks. And I take these quotes out of the homily of St. John Chrysostom. <clears throat> Let us partake of the feast of faith. Let us receive the riches of goodness. Let no one lament his poverty, for the universal kingdom has been revealed. Let no one mourn his transgressions, for pardon has dawned from the grave. Let no one fear death, for the Savior death has set us free. God has given to us, beloved, the riches of goodness. He's given to us the universal kingdom. He's given to us pardon of sin. He's given to us freedom from this fear of death. So, what is my conclusion after those three things? <clears throat> it's this. The apostles had a problems and they needed to solve them. Nicodemus and Joseph Arimathea needed courage. And the mirror-bearing women needed great faith and bravery to accomplish what they needed to accomplish. How did they do that? I believe, beloved, in all this this week, it was very clear to me that you have to make a decision to live the Christian life. You have to decide to do it. You know, we teach this. We teach that all things work for good that those, for those that love the Lord. How many things? Just a couple, right? Just the ones you like. No, it says all things work for good. We pray before the icon of Christ that he fills all things with joy. How many things? All things. No, just a couple, right? No, all things with joy. We pray that some things are sent by God. No, we pray that all things are sent by God. And God works out our salvation four hours a day. There's four pretty little hours He works out your salvation four hours a day. No, He works out your salvation 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You have to decide to live there. You, you can decide to live according to the struggles of life, you can decide to live according to the difficulties you face. You can de decide to live according to difficulties and relationships. Or you can decide to live the Christian life. It was really interesting to me. Today I said, after I got these emails, I said, I'm going to decide to have a good day today. I'm deciding to have a good day. Why? Because God is good. Because I've received the riches of goodness. Because I don't have to fear death anymore. Because forgive, God has forgiven me. Wow. Wow. I can decide to do that. Now, is that difficult? Yes, the decision is first. Now you have to live there. That's the difficult part. You have to keep deciding. 
Every time you start sliding one way, you've got to decide back, no, I'm not going to think that way. I'm not going to say those words. I'm not going to go do that. I'm going to decide to live a Christian life. You have to decide to live it. It's not enough to just to be a Christian. It's not enough just to come to church. It's not enough just to pray in the morning or pray in the evening or pray during the day. All those things are very, very important. But you have to decide all the time to live the life. All the time. It's a decision. You have to decide to live encouraged by God. You have to live, you have to decide to do that. It's, this is, it was kind of enlightening to me because I could actually go through the day and through the rest of the week being encouraged. I can be encouraged. You can decide to be encouraged. You can decide to let God encourage you. Or you can wallow in your struggle. Or you can fall back into bad patterns. Or you can go try to do this or try to do that to make life better. Or you can be encouraged by God. You can decide to do these things. So, beloved, it's a decision today for us, for me. And, you know, today, this afternoon, I'll probably fight this too. You know, Monday morning it'll be hard. But I want to decide to live the Christian life. I want to decide to believe all things or work for good for those that love God. I want to believe that God fills all things with joy. I want to believe those things. I want to live according to that. So, beloved, I pray that I am given strength and you are given strength to make that decision. To live this, to live this life God has given to us. According to the riches of his goodness according to the forgiveness of sins, according to the coming of the universal kingdom, and according to overcoming the fear of death, which we hear in the Paschal homily. All these things, beloved, are ours. Ours for the taking. Ours to decide to live by. What a powerful thing. So, when you have thoughts that are contrary to that, reject them. You know, you have power over to think things, to accept them? You have power to accept the thought or reject the thought? And even if you accept it, you have power to kick it out? You can do that. Because God has come. God is your helper. And when you want to get rid of the thought, God will help you. You have to ask Him, Lord, help me. I don't want to think this way. Forgive me. It's not necessarily about what you do, it's how you do it. How you do it. You're not going to change a lot of what's, but you can change how. Do things to glorify God. Do things to benefit others. You can change that. Live, beloved, your life in reference to God. Father Zacharias said something very good. He said the saints had one thought. They only had one thought was God. One thought. One thought, be a Christian. One thought, live this life. One thought, refer my life to Christ. All of it. 100% of it. 100% of the time. Refer it to Christ. These, beloved, are great words for us. Great times of encouragement. You know, we felt that at Pascha. You feel that. God is good 
I'm a Christian. I love this. I love living this life. Now you have to decide to do that all the time. Live in that Paschal joy. Live in that hope. Live in that, live in that, that ability to transcend the struggles of life. Not to avoid them, but to transcend them. Beloved, God is good and wants us to live this beloved life he has given to us. May we do that in the power of the resurrection. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed.